0: Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. The Israelite Kingdom is like a rectangle between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. And Jerusalem is down here in the south. This is the spiritual center in the land of Judah, where King David lived, where the temple is. And Naphtali and Zebulon are way in the north. So they probably felt this distance from where all the action was. Also, they were surrounded by pagan nations there, and there was a lot of mixing. And even the Gentiles moved into that area. There were always skirmishes up there. So they lived in darkness. They weren't as close to God in the covenant. So just like at Bethlehem, Jesus didn't go to Rome when he came into the world. He went to this little town of Bethlehem. Right here, where does Jesus begin his ministry? He goes to the darkest place to be a light. He goes to the darkest place. And then it says he began to preach there. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then one day... He's walking along the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two fishermen casting their net in the sea. Now in Luke's version, they were in a boat. And at one point, he sits down in the boat. Can you imagine how that must have felt? (laughs) The master is right there. And he looks at them, looks them right in the eyes. Come follow me. Wow, they knew the call was real. It was right there. And it says in Matthew's gospel, at once they dropped their nets and went on. Then he finds James and John. Immediately they left their father and followed him as well. So, you know, I've been in a lot of churches over the years. When I had my other job as director of ministry to priests, I almost went to a different church sometimes every Sunday. Sunday. I'm always tempted to ask this question. I've never done it, but I've always been tempted to ask, how many people here really believe that you are a disciple of Jesus? How many people here really believe that you are called personally, like Andrew and Peter, James and John? I've never done it yet where I've asked, raise your hands. You know, we all have this embarrassment, huh, about raising our hand? I mean, why else are we here if we're not a disciple and a follower of Jesus? But we have this tendency, we don't want to do it. You know, when I go to these, um, like, bush Gardens, when they have these acts, you know, where they come out and they start asking for volunteers, I always sit right in the middle, right in the back, and where there's no way they could ask me to do any of those silly things they're going to make them do up in the front. (laughs) But shouldn't we all put our hands up? We're all disciples, all called by God. I don't know that we're all there yet, that everybody here this morning really believes that you're a disciple of the Lord. That's what our baptism's all about, of being called, or that we really feel called, even if we don't know the specifics yet, to realize we really are called. Now let me tell you about St. Teresa of Avila. Her statue's right outside those doors over there. Beautiful statue, because she was very good looking. Her two vices, she said when she was young, were vanity and gossip. And she didn't want to go in the convent. She felt this urge to go, but did not want to go. There was a real resistance there. She said, I made myself go into the convent. And for about 20 years, she was a pretty mediocre nun. And then one day this happened. There was a traveling statue of Jesus. Now remember, we see images all the time. A TV, our phones, billboards. We see them all the time. They did not live in that kind of world. You didn't see images. So this traveling statue of Jesus comes, and it's graphic in how Jesus is right before he's put on the cross. So it's showing the scourging and the beating, and the crown of thorns in his head. When she saw that, she said, I fell prostrate at the statue. It changed her life. She said, for the first time, I realized how much you love me and love us, that you were willing to do this for my sins, and I take it for granted. What have I given back to you? all that you did for me. It changed her life. And she went on to be a doctor of the church. Mystical experiences. Unbelievable. She would tell her novices, when you pray, make sure you have a picture of Jesus that you're holding. You're not just saying words. You're talking to somebody. So her call came through an experience of sinfulness in her life and what it meant what Jesus did for us, mine was very similar. Really, when my old life opened up, it was, I was probably in about 6th or 7th grade. Before that, I just went to Mass. I wasn't even a server. I went to Mass, I went home. And then one day there's, in our class, some of the boys were making fun of one of the girls. I can tell now that she came from a dysfunctional family. Her hair was never combed. Her face was dirty. Her clothes were all wrinkled all the time. So a couple of the boys were making fun of her. And I'm not. This isn't her real name, but they would go up to her, cause we're all around. They would touch her and they'd say, "Jody germs, Jody germs," and everybody would laugh. I didn't do that, but I laughed. And one day it hit me, how terrible. Can you imagine the isolation that she felt? the ridicule. she left our school not long after that. But I realized that day that was a big sin and I laughed. It changed me. From then I realized what we do in our lives is important. We're going to be accountable. started to come closer to Jesus, little by little as a kid. But it was a weird way. You don't always think of that. That's the way you're going to have the call. And the one in the boat, they were hearing him teach and preach, and they were attracted to his goodness. And that's the way it happens to a lot of people, especially to our young people. You know what I pray for? I pray for them that either they'll meet somebody who knows Jesus, or they'll go to one of these retreats. Because on those retreats, there's time... There's focus. They're there together. And sometimes for the very first time, they meet the Lord. It's as if sometimes, they said they're sitting in church, and it feels like at some moment, Jesus is right there with them. And for the first time, they realize, I didn't know you loved me that much. And something happens. And they'll go back home. And the parents will say, Wow, they're different. I mean, they're the same, my same daughter and son, but they have a different attitude. They're kinder, they're friendlier, they're happier. They want to go to church now. I pray for that, for our young people, and for all of us that we'll have that kind of encounter. By the way, this is Josephine Ronaldo, who was my math teacher at Lato High School. You talk about somebody who knows that she's called. You know, she didn't just teach us trigonometry and math analysis, and you treated us like adults even as a senior in high school. And we sometimes rose to the level of what your expectations were. But she taught us about life and always have been a role model to me. Thank you. We all have a call. So what's that call for us? What's that call for us as we live in St. Lawrence Parish? For our own community you know we have the ushers servers a deacon we should all have a role here there's still roles we don't have filled yet so let me end with this i found this once in a 50th anniversary commemorative book about a parish and what happens in, in the book each one of these lines i'm going to read they go right through the middle of the pages of the book and then above and below the line are all the pictures of the people in the parish doing different ministries, being part of Bible studies and service to the poor and bringing communion to the sick. Listen to this. This is my church. It is composed of people like me. We make it what it is. It will be friendly if I'm friendly. Its pews will be filled if I help fill them. It will do great work if I work. It will make generous gifts to many causes if I am a generous giver. It will bring other people into its worship and community if I bring them. It will be a church of loyalty and love, of fearlessness and faith, a church with a noble spirit if I, who make it what it is, am filled with these Therefore, with the help of God, I shall dedicate myself to this task of being all the things I want my church to be. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.